Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. It's good to be up here this morning uh, to preach God's word as we continue our study in Colossians, Keystone Theology. These are the keystones or building blocks of our beliefs as uh, built around the cornerstone, which is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Matt last week preached in, out with the old, in with the new, and how we should be constantly growing in Christ. Our, our Christian life should reflect the character of Jesus. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, we're just so grateful to be able to hear your word uh, preached this morning. Just let it be your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pictured on this screen is a picture of Mao Zedong, chairman, also known as Chairman Mao. He was chairman of the Communist Party of China from 1949 until his death in 1976. So you might be looking at that and say, why is he pictured with a rat, a fly, a mosquito, and especially that sparrow perched on his shoulder? Well, this is actually one of Disney's newest movies. It's about this quirky dictator and his four imaginary friends. <laughs> this is actually a picture depicting something called the Four Pests Campaign. You see, in 1958, Mao orders his people to eliminate these four pests. They especially went to war on the sparrows, I guess because the sparrows were eating their grain. They had a little side campaign called the Smash Sparrows Campaign. It is said that people would bang pots and pans and wave banners in the air and not allow these sparrows to land until they flew around long enough to where they were exhausted and they would literally fall out of the sky. And then if they weren't dead when they hit, they were dispatched of once on the ground. It's said that some estimate that, estimate that around 2 billion sparrows died. This had an enormous impact on the environment. How? Well, sparrows also eat locusts. The locust population grew out of control and not just ate their grain, completely destroyed their crops. It is thought to be the cause of the Great Chinese Famine of 1959 to 1960. It's one of the largest known man-made disasters in human history, possibly causing over 40 million deaths, leading to things such as cannibalism. Yay, communism, right? There's been many instances in human history when man thought they knew better and messed with the design found in nature. In fact, I just read an article the other day that they just got an okay to release 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes in the Keys over the next two years. I'm sure that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what happens there. <laughs> Gotta love it. When we look at nature, we see God's perfect design. His handiwork is everywhere, from a perfectly designed solar system that can house a planet 
the only one we know of in billions of galaxies that can support life. Even down to the food chain and the wildlife, like sparrows keeping locusts in check. His design is unmistakable. Many times when we mess with God's perfect design, we get a huge mess on our hands. Do you realize, church, that God has a design for everything? Even things like the family unit and our other relationships in our lives. Now listen, this world is not perfect, right? It's easy to see that things are sometimes messed up and, and, and things like that, but we know God's perfect design is not to blame, but it's because sin has entered the world. Sin has a way of twisting and distorting God's perfect design. But we do know this. Our world and our lives operate best when we follow God's design. And that's why the title of today's sermon is Following God's Design. Today we'll see how Paul explains God's design pertaining to the family unit and the relationships, even the boss-employee relationship, and how he has a design for roles and authority, because God is a God of order. We, church, are called to follow God's design. Let's dive into our text. We'll be in Colossians 3, 18 through actually 3, 18 through 25, but it ends in chapter 4, verse 1. Let's dive in this morning to see what God has for us. Starting out in verse 18, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back with the wrong, for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now there's a lot there in those nine verses, but if we boil them down into one main idea, we would get this. When we follow God's design for earthly authorities... Those are the authorities that God has placed in our lives. God is pleased and we are blessed. When we follow God's design to submit to our authorities and to be good authorities ourselves the way God has designed it, God is pleased and we are blessed. Let's break these verses down to see why that's true. Going back to verses 18 through 21. Verse 18, huh? Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. You see that plastered everywhere, right? In like stadiums and stuff. Oh yeah, Colossians 3.18. That'll get you in big trouble today. 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. 
Listen, there's a designed order for the operation of the family unit given to us this morning in God's word. It's husbands over wives and husbands and wives over children. That is the way God designed it. Now listen, as long as you're not being asked to do something sinful against God, we should submit to God's design. We see, whether we like it or not, we see God's design for the families, for the father or the husband to be in the position of authority. But listen, this position of authority is a position of responsibility, of respect, and of love. As God's word instructs us this morning as men, do not be harsh with your wives and do not discourage your children. That's not what it's about. Also, when we hear the term submit these days, we immediately think of the term less than. This is not true. When we see, when, when a lot of people read verse 18, wives submit to your husbands, their immediate thought process is like, oh, you're saying women are less than men. That church is a lie straight from Satan because Satan wants to destroy the family unit. Because it is the family unit that is the backbone of our civilization. And especially how our children get taught to love and respect and obey God. And how we serve each other. It's not true. Listen, submit does not mean less than. What is our proof this morning? Look at the Trinity. In the Trinity you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father commands the Son, and the Son commands the Spirit. We hear Jesus say stuff like that all the time in Scripture. I don't do anything apart from what my Father shows me. And then he even says, when I ascend to heaven, I will send the Holy Spirit, the Helper, to you. Are the three persons in the Trinity equal? Yes or no? God is one God in three persons, all equal, all in the same, in one essence, but with different roles. It's not about worth, it's about order. God's design and order for the families, for the Father to lead the family with the same sacrificial love that Jesus leads us with. Think about it. It's easy for me to submit to Jesus because of his love. Therefore, it's easy for wives to submit to their husbands and children to their parents. Because not of authority so much, but because of the sacrificial love we're supposed to lead with. What sacrificial love am I talking about? Well, the sacrificial love that caused Jesus to be beaten, spit upon, mocked, nailed to a cross, murdered in cold blood for people that don't deserve it. Think about that. See, God has sent the man to be the head of the household, not because he's above all, but because God designed us all with different strengths and different weaknesses. People get so hung up on labels today, don't they? But what I'm here to tell you this morning, church, is this not God's creation? This is God's creation. Should 
Why should we get so blown away that he has an order and a design for his creation to function? It's a logical next step. He created with a purpose, so therefore he has a design for that creation to function. That's what it's all about. And I know this design is good because I lived it. When I was about 26 years old, I got saved. I was not a believer before that. My children were about five and seven, um, and they lived their short lives with a dad that did not know Jesus and did not follow God's design for the family. In fact, my wife knew deep down inside she made a huge, huge mistake by marrying an unbeliever. At one point, she was done. She had a terrible time trying to submit to a man who was living wrong and had no real direction for their family. When circumstances came to a head, and it was, it was rough, but it was rough enough for God to bring me to my knees so that I would stop and reach out to him. I got saved. I became I, I became. A Christian, I got to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and something amazing happened. I was changed. Kind of like Pastor Matt preached last week out with the old, in with the new. I was changed, my marriage was restored, and my family was restored. This doesn't always work this way, church. I can't stand up here and tell you this is a, a magic potion for all the family's problems. But I can tell you this, this is what God has designed and what he chose for my family. Although it took many years of convincing, my wife began to be able to trust that I was following God so that she could in turn follow my lead. Can I tell you what's even more amazing than that, at least to me, is that my two daughters got to see the transformation of their father, his marriage, and his family. I am telling you right now what's amazing about that is because the fruit that came out of that is a fruit for generations to come. I'm so blessed now that I get to see the fruit of that in my daughter's lives and my daughter's marriages and my, my two daughter's families. Church, what a blessing that is. Now, I will mention this. I pray for my son, son-in-laws often. Listen, Heather and I, I help to raise very strong young women. They were the girls in youth group and, and school that would make the boys cry. They are strong. They are brilliant. And they are very capable. Make no mistake. And it, it even went against my human flesh that I would see them start to submit to men that weren't their loving father. But I can tell you right now that I'm so blessed that when I see that they are comforted by the fact that they married good godly men who do their best to abide by God's design. So that they can be comforted in following their lead. That is one reason why I can lay my head on a pillow at night and sleep in peace. Brings us to our first point. 
Families flourish when they follow God's design. Families flourish. It's hard. It goes against our nature sometimes to give in to this design. But when we can submit to how God has designed us and how we're able to function in our own family roles, that is when the family unit starts to fire on all cylinders. Next, in verses 22 through 24, we get to see God's order for our working lives. He even has an order for that. Let's read that, those verses. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So right away, Paul uses the term bond servants. Well, bond servant back then is very interchangeable with employee today. It can be. It, there were people that decided to enter into a contract with a household or some kind of business, and they would be their bond servants. It's not much different than today being an employee, like when we, some, one of us chooses to serve a master for money. It's basically the same thing. But Paul's telling us that we should work for our bosses like we're working for Jesus himself. Even more, don't just pretend to be a hard worker. Don't be a suck-up. Nobody likes that. Work like you were working for God, and he is always watching you. Christians should be known and seen as the hardest workers at their jobs. Why? Well, first of all, because we represent God. We are his ambassadors to the world, into the workplace, especially if you work with an, a lot of non-believers. How can you witness to those people if they think lowly of you? Well, that person calls themselves a Christian, but they're lazy, they're incompetent, they only work when the boss is looking, they're dishonest. You can't witness to those people if they think that of you. But second of all, you will be blessed. Look what it says here. Because either you'll be rewarded by your employer. If they're a good employer, they'll see your hard work and, and you'll be advanced there. Or you'll be comforted by the fact that God is pleased with you because you brought him glory. You bear his name as a Christian. And right there in verse 24, it says you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Because as Christians, we understand that our reward is in heaven. Amen? It brings us to this point, our second point. When we submit to our authorities in the workplace, we will excel in our roles and we will bring him glory. Listen, when people see that you are a good worker and you're a genuine person because of your relationship with God, you're going to do things that a lot of unsaved people wouldn't do. You're going to submit in a way that a lot of unsaved people wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. And they're going to ask you why. Why is it you come in here and, and work so hard? Why is it that you're doing things extra? You don't get paid to do that. And that's our opportunity, church, to say, because I have a God in heaven who's going to hold me accountable for this relationship and this design and this role one day. And it reminds us of our main idea. When we follow God's design for earthly authorities, 
God is pleased and we are blessed. When we follow God's design for the earthly authorities to submit to and to be a good authority, God is pleased and we are blessed. It's when we take matters into our own hands and we go against what God's design is, is when we start to create these messes in our lives, if you haven't noticed. It's like we're no better than Chairman Mao, who decided that he was going to go against God's design simply because he wanted to play God. You have to understand when we do that, when we go against God's design, we don't do what God's word is asking us to do this morning. We take God off the throne of our heart and we place ourselves there. Last we see this in verses 25 and uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you, will, you also have a master in heaven. So whether you're a husband or you're a wife or you're a parent or a child or boss or employee, you will be judged one day by how you fulfilled your role. Look at the end of verse 25 there, and it says that there is no partiality. Now, why did, the, did Paul put that there? Well, some Christians back then thought they were only accountable to God because they got saved and God's your ultimate authority, so their earthly authorities didn't matter anymore. How true of that is, is that of Christians today? You hear stuff like, hey, only God can judge me. Right? Well, that should scare you. <laughs> if God's the only one that could judge you, who's going to be your lawyer? But Paul's saying this, at, you know, as an employee, you hear stuff like, I don't, I don't have to listen to my boss or manager because they're really dumb. Like a trained monkey could do their job. You hear stuff like that. And you know what? Sometimes it's true. Let's get real. But if you're, if you're a parent right now, I, I want to submit this to you. Uh, just, just take a moment. When we are disrespectful to our authorities, we're teaching our children that they don't have to be respectful to theirs. Talk about creating disasters. Using God's authority to validate our disobedience to our earthly authorities, that doesn't even make sense. Again, unless they're asking you to do something that's completely against God or his word, obey your authorities. There is no pass for being a Christian. So what about these authorities? I mean, who holds them accountable? Well, look at verse 1 in chapter 4. Basically, Paul's saying, Masters, you better be just and you better be fair because you have a master in heaven, dot, 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 who's always watching. As authorities, we do well to remember this. Husbands, and when I say this, I'm speaking to myself. When we're harsh with our wives, God is watching. God is watching us abuse our authority. I repent of that, Lord. It's something that, that I do often. 
Parents, when we're hard on our kids, God is watching us abuse our authority. Now listen, discipline, good. Abuse of authority, bad. We should discipline our children. They should learn wrong from right. But taking out your hard day on your child, wrong. Again, guilty as charged. Bosses, when we're not fair with our employees, God is watching. God is watching how you manage that person he has put you in authority over. We forget that our ultimate authority tells us to fulfill our roles the way that God, we want God to deal with us. Think about that. When you're in authority over somebody, think about your master in heaven and how you would want him to deal with you. We fulfill our roles by loving those under us the way God loves us and serving our authorities as if they were God themselves. Again, as long as they don't ask you to do anything against God. It brings us to our third and final point. Whether employer or boss, we are all accountable to God in the end. Period. But you could also get that employee and boss. We could interchange that with wives and husbands, children and parents, athletes and coach. Well, how about this? Citizens and police officers. We are all accountable to God in the end for how we fulfill our roles in the authorities that he has designed. If we truly love God, we'll obey his word and we'll strive to please him in these manners. Again, not easy. Again, going against our flesh many times. As we close and Mike comes up, church, I really want us to think about these things introspectively, personally, Think about this, because everybody in here is either under somebody's authority or they're over somebody in authority. Think of how God wants you to submit to your authorities, the, one that, the ones that he has put in place. Or think about how you lead the people that you are over. Does that bring God glory? First, we learn this. Families flourish when they follow God's design. Listen, you might be sitting here in a situation this morning where you didn't start out following God's design. Guess what? Either did I. Start today to submit yourself to God's design for the family. I can honestly say if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't have a family. I wouldn't have the relationships with my, my children and my grandchildren like I do. I'm truly blessed because at some point we submitted to God's design for the family. Church, I beg of you, as much as it depends on you, submit to God's plan and design for the family. Next we learn, when we submit to our authorities in the workplace, we will excel in our roles and bring God glory. When you submit to your authority at work, it is an honorable thing. Think about that. It's an honorable thing. 
I've had some awesome bosses and I've had some real doozies. I'm telling you. I can honestly say though, that every single place I worked, I could go back and work there again. They would allow me through the door because the way I handled myself while I was there and how I left. Even though I wasn't always treated fairly, and even though I didn't really like some of the places that I worked, in the end, I wanted to make sure that I can have a good conscience before God for how I acted while I was there. Think about how your actions at your job or at school, because that's coming soon. Think about how your actions in those places reflect how people see you, not just as an employee or a student, but an ambassador of God. Then we learned whether employee or boss were all accountable to God in the end. Listen, don't fool yourself. We're not, we don't get some free pass because we don't listen to some heathen at work that's over us because we're Christians. In fact, God is the one that places those authorities over you and he demands you to follow them. But even more, if you are an authority, he also holds us accountable to how we treat those we lead. There is no partiality. It's my hope that anyone I lead or anyone I work under know that God is my ultimate authority, but I'm going to serve them to the best of my ability. And if I'm going to lead, I'm going to lead them the way that I want God to lead me. And that's with sacrificial love. And last, remember our main idea. When we follow God's design for earthly authorities, God is pleased and we are blessed. Let's pray. Father, please help us to submit to those over us and to lead people how you lead us. Lord, teach us. Teach us because many times we'll try to take over this and we will mess it up. Lord, help us to fulfill our roles and to bring you glory. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.